Open your eyes. Wake up, Link. I'm Luke Summerhays. And I'm James J. Miles. And you're listening to Hyrule Field Report. Jay, what did we do last week? Uh, last week we had a trip to Eventide Island and saw uh, what Tears of the Kingdom had to offer up on that lovely isle with many, many memories of it from Breath of the Wild and some memories at Tears of the Kingdom as well. And look, <laughs> what are we going to do this week? Well, this week we're going to head east and get back on the main quest. But first we're going to pass through the Lanayru wetlands. Yes. Um, I always find this bit of the world to be quite interesting. It's like like a little dotted kind of swampy area. Um, I think it's because maybe I it's an area that stood out to me from Breath of the Wild. A lot of people tended to do the Zora as their first um, divine beast in that game, right? It, well, I mean, the game wants you to in that game. As soon yeah. as you get down from um, the Great Plateau, you start running into Zora saying, Hey, we need your help in the Zora's domain. Come this way to the Zora's domain. Please come and help us at Zora domain. That's it. They kind of like, if I remember rightly, Our Breath Prince of the Wild, wants to talk to you. <laughs> Breath of the Wild starts off by saying, um, Go to, uh, go to Kakariko. And then. That's right. You get the... Yeah, he wants you to go speak to Impa. And then from Kakariko, if you take the other road out, you'll pretty much end up down at the Nehru Wetlands with the overall goal of going up to Zora's Domain, which is still our overall goal right now. But uh, yeah. But first, we should uh, probably stop in at the region's stable. Yes, the Wetlands Stable. Mm-hmm. Shall we have a little chat about the obligatory shine? It's been a while. <laughs> We've got Tukarok Shrine. I feel like we've talked about Tukarok Shrine. Because I definitely made a joke about it being Turok. <laughs> you may have. I don't remember <laughs> talking about this one. Um, Forward Force. Yeah, this one, if I remember rightly... Um, is this the one where... All the game devs were freaking out about the physics engine, where the car kind of pulls the bridge across. I mean, it would be... We've claimed that on a few, so we better be sure before we say (laughs) it is. (laughs) Uh... I don't think it is. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it is. We'll, We'll get there eventually. Um, yeah, this is the one though where um, I was inspired to try my own version of this and fail terribly, which is where you make like a like a paddle boat with attaching two planks to the outer edges of the wheels. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of my first like like uh, full-on Ultraman contraptions that I made out in the world um, was. A version of this, except rather than realizing you're meant to put the boards on the sides of the wheels, I put them on the top of the wheel. And what ended up happening was it ended up like splashing down really forcefully, like it was doing like a butterfly stroke. <laughs> and <laughs> it was like I had some sort of mad hydraulic system, like linking me on to pimp my boat or something like that. <laughs> and I think what was worse well, for the poor little Korok, because there was a Korok that I was carrying with me, who was on the ride from hell. But, uh, yeah. So I've got fond memories of that part, in terms of remembering that, but... Um, yeah, I always like a shrine where you can... Um, or where rather, where the goal is to make some sort of mad contraption. Feels like it's kind of really zeroing in on what makes this game, you know, its own special beast compared to Breath of the Wild. So, that was fun, and I'm probably going to leave it in. We talked about this shrine all the way back in, like, our first episode back on the ground. (laughs) After the Sky Islands, yeah. I don't remember mentioning anything that I just... Our lookout landing episode. Oh, you definitely told your boat story, so whether it was when we talked about the shrine or not. 
well, there we go. If anything, that's maybe a sign. There may be a few too many strikes. <laughs> but uh, we didn't speak about the wetland stable itself at this point. No, we didn't. So, at the so wetland... if anything, we shouldn't have talked about the shrine at that point. <laughs> Probably not. So, yeah, shame one passed us. But uh, at the wetland stable itself, we have another of the potential princess sightings. Um, of course, we've got to see uh, our man as well. Of course, Penn has a story for us. Um, this time, um, apparently Zelda borrowed um, borrowed some farms, a stable farms hands tools, and. Uh, did give them back, and uh, Penn's like, that's awfully suspicious. What's going on? Um, but he needs the facts, because he's a, you know, a good journalist. He's not going to print fake news, and uh, he suggests we go and speak to the, the stable farmhand and find out what's going on. Um, do you remember this quest? This is... So I know that near this shrine there is the bit where you have to sneak up and... But I think I'm thinking of just something else you do at the stable. It's not actually the princess quest. Probably not what you're thinking of then, no. So this one, you um, you find out that the um, it's the stable ferryman that's actually looking for the tools. And mm. um, he said... Um, he, uh, he saw Zelda take the tools and headed off down river to a place called Flory Sandbar. But he's he's really he said if I go there's been a lot of upheaval um, and uh, there's lots of like ruins and everything dotted in the river now. My poor raft won't take it if we collide with one of those. What we're going to do? Um, and you have to attach a um, steering wheel, a steering stick yeah. to the raft. Um, and yeah, I remember taking this little boat ride down. I just didn't remember that the reason was for tools. That's it. Yeah. So I thought, um, I thought this was a really, I mean, Breath, uh, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom is full of these moments, but I thought this was just a really nice kind of tranquil moment where the games expecting you just to take in the surroundings because there's not but yeah it's it's very easy to dodge the ruins it's not like it's a river rapids or anything crazy like that it's just very much a gentle boat ride and i think yeah and, and there is a there's a fan a steering device and a battery just on a rock next to yeah that's it where you pick the guy up it's not even like it's a challenge to go and get the gear that's it exactly um, and I think when I did this quest as well, um, I think the sun was either setting or rising, so the lighting and everything was just, you know, gorgeous. Just very, very tranquil and picturesque. Um, nice. So I had a good old time. But uh, when you arrive at Flory Sandbar, um, any sort of tranquility is shattered because uh, Link will suddenly have a flashback as this is the location where you were told by under means of death in Breath of the Wild, don't step on the flowers. Okay. <laughs> uh, very amusingly, the um, Zelda Dungeon site on the write-up for this quest calls this NPC Flower Blight Ganon. Nice. Just good. Um, but yeah, apparently the reason Zelda had the tools was because um, she was helping tend the garden. So, again, yes. just another misunderstanding. Zelda helping out the populace. Everyone thinks she's a, a rotten scoundrel, but she isn't. <laughs> We've had quite a few in a row now where there's actually been... No villainy has actually taken place. I think that's the, the, the running theme with these quests, right? Is it's either there's a misunderstanding and Zelda's actually helping people out, or it's the Yiga clan. <laughs> like Yeah. There's only there's there. actually only like one or two. Slightly more than that, where it turns out to be the sort of the fake Ganon Zelda. Mm-hmm. 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 Um but also here, there is... I think this is another quest that you're talking about. Yes, there's... so there's there's a little boy sitting around, I think, who says, 
the well has been taken over by monsters. That's right. Um, and yeah, you, just to simple clear out the monsters and then people can use the well little quest. Yeah. Um, do you take like you take one well down to get to the other well or something like that? That's right. Yeah, because I think the woods nearby where all the monsters are located, I think it's quite well fortified. Um, but you can slip into a well and then go and pop out of the well to spook them. That's it. And take them down. Quick and easy little yeah. monster quest. And again, at this point in our game, we would slaughter these monsters. You could also come here pretty early as it's right next to Lookout Landing. And I think I did come and do this this whole stable quite early on. Mm. And then they were a bit more of a challenge. Not like in a, well, this is a difficult way, more in a, oh, this is fun kind of challenge. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of, um, speaking of wells, there are a couple of well-based quests kind of to the north and the south-eastish of the wetland stable. Um, just north by Ribbon Eye Bridge, um, there's a lad who fell into a well. The quest is called Fell into a Well. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> He, uh, basically the ladder's broken and you just need to pop it back in with uh, with uh, Ultra Hand. So, there you go. Um, apparently there's an NPC that's looking for this, this NPC that fell down the well, and I've never actually, I don't know if there's another quest or dialogue, but um, it's the Foothill Stable, so I think we've definitely covered that already. Oh, interesting. But, Maybe uh, it's if you find find this one first they don't bring it up maybe so i think the foothill stable is the one with all the naked lads so there you go um and yeah to the southeast there is another quest um somebody's opened a restaurant inside a well (laughs) and um and you can um you can give her some dubious food um that's how you complete the quest and she makes a monster stew um which i think is like a i guess like a way to basically make any dubious food you make into an edible quantity um okay that's that's i guess mechanically cool yeah i don't know just i don't know if it's just a one-time deal but um there you go well reward and I think the monster stew is a full heal, so if you are getting up there in a heart containers, then pretty tidy reward as well. Oh yeah, that is nice. Yeah, Breath of the Wild, I would um, because those hearty truffles were pretty common. Uh, yeah, was it um once once you knew a few spots to farm them. Was it the durians? Because I don't think they're in Tears of the Kingdom purposely because they were too easy to get in the um yeah. The, the Farron region. Yeah, there was those. You could find truffles by trees. And anything that had the hearty prefix yes. would just refill all your hearts. Well, I think it would refill all your hearts because it would also give you some additional hearts. That's right, yeah. So yeah, I would just have... Most of my food would be that. And I was always just one meal away from full health. Mm-hmm. Which was why, yeah... It, the whole cooking system was kind of trivialised once you got that ingredient. Yeah. The, uh... I think in this game, a lot of the hearty food is actually in the sky. So... Yeah, that's most of the time where I found it. Kind of feeds into that, um... That game loop you've mentioned a few times. Yeah, going up to the... Because you go up to the sky to get the... Um, the sunflowers to make the... The sundelions... To make the gloom resistant stuff as well, and it, it just fits into like a, the sky is kind of, sort of heavenly and paradisey, mm-hmm. and then the the depths is where the danger is. So it works. Oh, it does. But yeah, I've 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 never had like just a a massive stock of hearty food in the way I did in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, me neither. Um, and I think because in Tears of the Kingdom, you wanted to have maybe a split between food that restored hearts and food that recovered the gloom damage as well. That uh, 
you're sometimes maybe cooking any hearty food you've got with a Sunday line to get like a full gloom heal as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, kind of diversifies the resources a little bit and and uh, yeah, yeah, doesn't trivialize it as much for sure. Yeah, I think one of the um, that's probably one of the elements of Breath of the Wild that they've made the most effort to sort of address in this game is the the health economy between having the gloom, having a bit less food lying around, and then having so many, what do you call them? As we call them, even tide shrines. <laughs> yeah, they've made a lot of efforts to avoid that, that feeling of just like, I never really felt in danger in Breath of the Wild because I could just shuffle food into my mouth at a moment's notice. And especially once I had Mipha's Blessing and a few fairies. I kind of felt invincible in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. It's my master mode is a good idea in that game. Yeah, true. I guess master. maybe we probably won't get a master mode in Tears of the Kingdom. Because uh, if you could build... You just build a big-ass mech. <laughs> That could also trivialise almost every fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're uh, they're out to make Zelda, you know, a super hard no. Souls-like experience, right? And I also feel... Oh, I mean, they've pretty much said, right, they're done with Tears of the Kingdom. They put everything they yep. wanted in there. And uh, that's one for the swear jar there, I just realised this week. <laughs> yeah, it's you! It's me, yep. Um, oh yeah, um, as you may have heard, it's, it's uh, me and Luke again this week. Jas is um, not here. Yeah, we, we, only had, um, we only had a temporary resurrection spell last week, so <laughs> RIP, I guess. Well, let's head east and start hitting up some more shrines, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Don't sound so happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so on the kind of like swampy island layout, um, one of which I love is Linebeck Island. Big shout out to the big yeah. man. I'm, um, I'm assuming all of these islands are named after characters from various Zeldas. Maybe they're all even from the DS Zeldas, but Linebeck's the only one I remember. Maybe? Like, I'd never heard of Gopanga, but apparently it's the name of a swamp in um, Link's Awakening. So, um, uh, okay. Oh, well, they're not all characters then. Yeah. Like every area is a, it's all it'll do the references, yeah. Yeah, yeah but Zaus is from Phantom Hourglass, same as Linebeck. Uh, Bannon's Phantom Hourglass as well. So, well, Wes is literally just coming up as um the ah. Oh. The only thing that's coming up for Wes is the island, and Wes Spool is the guy who's directing the Zelda movie. Don't let me thought. But that the island was in sure. the island was in Breath of the Wild, not just Is the Kingdom. So there's absolutely no way it's a reference. Yeah, I think a lot of these are um, Phantom Hourglass references, as you would expect in kind of a watery swamp area. Yeah, but uh, enough waxing lyrical about. Zelda, we've got a shrine on these here islands. It's a uh, John Sao Shrine, um, otherwise known as Deep Force. Deep Force uh, sounds like a sort of forgotten PS One. <laughs> <laughs> like a terrible, like original Xbox shooter nobody remembers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this one is all about water physics, kind of pushing yeah. flotation devices under the water and letting physics do its thing as it bounces up and hits switches. Yes, um, which is something I used to like doing with my you know, rubber duckies and stuff in the bath. <laughs> Pull it down to the bottom and watch it shoot up. Yeah. So, uh, for all you... Uh, for all you bath time fans, this shrink goes out to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, it's just a good bit of fun, pinging the pinging the balls up. Sorry, if if I seem distracted for a moment, then it's because I was pulling up the map of Phantom Hourglass's ocean to see if they'd done a cool thing where these islands match it, but I don't think they have. That'd be a bit hard, but would have been would have been interesting. There's that bit in um, Zelda Two where you stumble across the whole map of Zelda One. Uh, yeah, vaguely remember what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a, a chasm here. Not much to note, really, dropping down. Um, beyond, there is a boss rematch arena down here. With uh, Is it the one we haven't met yet? It's not. It is with Marbled Goma. Oh, okay. Oh, this I think this is the one I've done. There you go. Yeah, this is the one where I learned that there's boss fights down there. Yeah, and I think Goma's probably the one that doesn't work the most. <laughs> so, there you yeah, go. Yeah, he was very much built around his arena. That's it. So, one thing I suppose we should touch upon that will become apparent as we kind of cross this little structure of islands and move towards the main road is... Um, much like how in Breath of the Wild, Zora's domain was and the kind of linear region was um, very wet. Um, it's now very sludgy. Hmm. Lots of horrible gooey mud. It's uh, it's Mario Sunshine all over again. Yes. <laughs> well, Especially... yeah, we're about to get very Mario Sunshine very quickly. <laughs> yes. But um, I think you even come... I don't know if it's here or if there's a quest related to it later on, but sometimes you'll find there's Zora that are covered in, um, covered in the mud and the way you're going to have to help them out and also kind of progress on your journey towards Zora's domain. But I'm not going to jump quite there, there quite just yet because we're going to tackle a few... Uh, a few shrines and such, of course, but you'll have to use um, Splash Fruit, which I don't think we've actually even touched on yet. No, because there's not that many uses for it outside of very specific ones. I guess, um, yeah. Because I mean, even if I'm fighting like an ice... a fire... Um, a fire monster, I'd usually use an ice fruit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is there... Is there, like, any impact you, to, like, in... making making yourself wet? Not, like, a good impact. You can make yourself more vulnerable to electric attacks or harder <laughs> to climb. Um, the reason I would use Splash Fruits would be to cross, like, Magma. Ah, but then it gives you... Job. It tends to give you better tools for that. And, in fact, yeah. very soon we'll get better tools for dealing with the, the sludge as well. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, so as you kind of progress through the areas, um, you'll get, you'll get like, um, Zora-themed weaponry, much like how we got, like, Gerudo, like, yeah, scimitars yeah, yeah. and such. And I think the the theme of the Zora weaponry is I think they get a double attack buff when wet, when you are wet, or the weapon is oh, wet. Oh, interesting. Um, now, I think, again we'll get a way to kind of activate this more consistently. But there are I suppose that's maybe a niche use for, for splash fruit is if you if you're mm. fighting a tough enemy you can like chuck a splash fruit at at yourself or at the ground and raise your your attack for a little while. It just feels a bit situational and finicky. But a neat touch. But uh, yeah, like like we were saying though, the way you are going to be using them primarily in this region is to clear big clunks of uh, mud off the road. Yes. I don't remember you... I guess I did use some Splash Fruits for that. But I remember getting Zonai devices so shortly after that I don't have that much memory of using the Splash Fruits. Compared to, like, going down to the depths and using um the... whatever the light-up one's called. Which I did, like, constantly. Uh... Bright Bloom? Bright Bloom, yeah. Bright Bloom Seeds. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. the item I remember just chucking around constantly. That's probably because you had 
800 of them in your inventory by the game's end. Uh, and also that it apart apart from maybe dressing up in certain armors, it doesn't give you any superior option, right? Yeah. Very true. I mean, even when I do have like that gear on, it's still better to throw a couple of um, bright blooms than it is to not bother. Now, uh, speaking of shrines, there is there is a shrine near here which um, is a is a blessing. But I do want to touch on this area because I got so lost trying to get around here. It's uh, is this Maui Maui Mauikes Maui yes Mauikes <laughs> shrine. However you say it, it's in Bone Pond East Cave, which. Yeah is quite visible for if you're kind of gliding through and you probably will get drawn to it because it's a big old skull on a hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the reason it's quite confusing is dotted around the hill as a whole, there are four different entrances into the the cave, including into the skull itself. Um, yeah, that... oh yeah, this is like the whole mountain is basically hollow. Yeah, and it's like chock-a-block with uh, with enemies. Mm. Um, so it's uh, it's a right pain <laughs> to actually <laughs> uh, traverse. I think, especially if you're looking for the bubble frog as well. Um, I think that's what I remember. I remember I just wanted the bubble frog, and it's I was going in and out of different entrances and up and down. Mm-hmm. Can you remember I, what the... Well, can you remember or read on the wiki... What the trick was to finding the bubble frog at the end? Um, it was uh, one of the lower entrances, and it was behind a rock. But I think, I think it was an entrance that was kind of squirreled away behind like a, a spine, like a, on the overall sort of mm. skeletal structure. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a particularly well hidden entrance. Maybe it isn't that well hidden, and you and I are just both blind as bats but right yes because it's not just a skull the whole mountain is like there's big ribs and bones that's it some throughout. sort of some sort of creature that presumably died millennia ago and the mountain might have just kind of formed around it maybe it was a bigger run a, a bigger run yeah who'd have been that's the only like giant humanoid I can think of oh no there's the well but even that boss in uh Twilight Princess is already a skeleton when you meet it, so we don't know what they ever were. Humanoid. Are you on about the one in Arbiter's Ground? No, there's a giant skeleton. (laughs) Twilight Princess. The the Arbiter's Ground one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a big-ass skeleton, but we never saw what it looked like with, you know, flesh and that. Yeah. (laughs) Challenge for you this week, listeners. Draw us what the Arbiter's Arbiter's Ground's boss looked like with skin and flesh. (laughs) <laughs> tweet it to the account but don't just be a lazy paleontologist don't just cling film it that's what they call it when uh, in like drawings of dinosaurs it's basically the skeleton with just barely some skin stretched over it oh really <laughs> and they haven't really like bothered to imagine like where the muscles would go and stuff because you see those memes right where it's like the skeleton, how the aliens would imagine the creature, how it actually looks. Mm-hmm. And it's like a horrifying fanged beast and then it's just like a big chubby hippo. Yeah. So you often see dinosaur movies getting criticised for sort of, their T-Rex just looks like a T-Rex skull with a little bit of skin. <laughs> bring back feathered dinosaurs. Man, it's not even bring back. No one's had the courage to do them. Like in a dinosaur get... film, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me started on my monster, on my um, Jurassic World rant again. For is that on films and filth or are they... no, I, I, no, it's just a rant that I unleash at people in real life pretty regularly. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you Basically, with... my issue is when Jurassic Park came out. Yeah. One of the reasons it was so good is because it was at the time, the most up-to-date dinosaur information out there. Yeah. Jurassic World came out 20 years later. We knew a lot more about dinosaurs, but they just made the dinosaurs look like they did in 
Jurassic Park instead of mm. actually updating them for the times. But they'd already established what dinosaurs look like in this universe. But they had they had used frog DNA in Jurassic Park, so they could have just been like, "Oh, now we've made them more with just the dinosaur DNA, so now they look correct." Okay, okay. I, I, I was actually playing Devil's Advocate there. I want to see how you'd react and what you would do to that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they do finally in the third of them have a few like fully feathered ones. Dominion, is that what it's called? I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. They figured it out eventually. Anyway, thus ends my (laughs) (laughs) promised Jurassic World round. Join me next week for Ready Player One. (laughs) (laughs) So after we have... uh... Wax lyrical about Bony Pond and Jurassic World. <laughs> we uh, move on to uh, Shrine Quest in Tears of the Kingdom. This is the Rallus Channel Crystal. Um, inside, funnily enough, Rallus Channel. Um, which, if I remember rightly, uh, yeah, it's like a big upstream river. I do remember this one. Um, and you've got to pretty much use rockets and like a raft to like go up river against a reasonably fast flowing river. Um, but you got to like dodge rocks. So the closest like analogy I'd have to compare it to would be the bloody um that bit in Battletoads. Okay. <laughs> okay, you know the bit I'm on, right? Good. I, I didn't know of that course, that's the bit everyone knows from Battletoads. Yeah. yeah, that's kinda of like very like a very tame version of that. Uh, right. I, and I do remember it was it, I think I cheesed this in the end to actually get to the shrine. Um but like hugging a wall where like the water wasn't quite reaching but Link could kind of like trot along kind of almost floating in the air mm. not the spirit of the puzzle by any means but you know that's the fun of this game as we've said numerous times um, do you remember this? I don't even know if I've done this oh, there you go a little treat for you to look forward yeah. to yeah interesting yeah but uh, I'm pretty sure it's uh, and it is uh, Raru's Blessing for Solving the little river puzzle. Again, making a contraption, always fun. Yeah, um, once I learned to rotate items, always fun. My first four <laughs> hours with the game, not fun at all. <laughs> yeah, that was a user error. Yes. Uh, but at the top of this hill, um, once you kind of emerge from the uh, doing that shrine quest, is this area's Skyview Tower. So I alluded to this earlier, um, so at the Upland Zorana Skyview Tower, um, we've got uh, Zora, who's all covered in muck. I yes, I think, think this a... was my first actual encounter with a monkey Zora. Yep, which, as soon as I saw the Zora kind of half hanging out the mud, and it's kind of like this colourful goop, instant Pianta flashbacks. Well, I remember I'd seen um, a, like a little clip on Twitter of someone running around with the like hydrant Zonai device cleaning up the goop. Mm-hmm. With the caption, Mario Sunshine is back, baby. You know, something like that. Yep. So as soon as I saw this, I was like, oh, wow, Mario Sunshine really is back. <laughs> I was half expecting to clean him up and for him to go, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> for noisy mate. Oh, good times. Um, I don't think this is actually to get into the Skyview view Tower. I think he just gives you... Here we go. All the uh, callbacks here. One of the Zora weapons, he gives you a Zora spear, which is mm. the ones that have the plus attack power when wet. As far as I know. 
But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually like a genuinely huge um, Mario Sunshine fan. So oh, yeah, all I mean... of this stuff is right up my street. Yeah, absolutely. I was very happy to see it. Um, it's only going to get more and more um, Mario Sunshine as we go. Oh, yes. More on that soon. Um, but the, the I think the point of that quest is if you've somehow missed how you clear the sludge, it's to mm-hmm. teach you how to clear the sludge because the Skyview Tower is like cl- the doors are all clogged up with this with the the ooze the sludge whatever you want to call it um so once you've freed the npc you can then use what you've learned chuck a splash foot at the door and uh open sesame yeah up in the sky of note, Luke. We do have a sky archipelago up here. The Luneiru sky archipelago, appropriately enough. Hey. So directly after flying up through the, uh, the Skyview Tower, you'll uh, find yourself above a Death Star. Yes, one of the floating orbs that I think everyone got very, very excited about when they saw them in the initial trailer. And uh, they're still cool. But maybe not as exciting. They're cool, but they ended up not being a huge deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess next to the Mario Sunshine tribute area, it makes sense to have a wee little Mario Galaxy tribute as well. <laughs> For some reason, I, I, I know you were going about Galaxy there, but I thought you were about to mention the um, fantastic areas with the uh, acapella Mario theme. The ones where the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The float, it just... Well, that that is sort of the precursor to Mario Galaxy. True. It's the floodless Mario Sunshine areas. Very true. And certainly the precursor to like 3D Land and 3D World, just doing 2D Mario stuff, but in a floating 3D void. But that's not what this is. It's just a sphere that you can go in through a hole. Anything like a... in the sphere? Uh, so there's a shrine in there. And I think to unlock the shrine, you have to um, sort of put a fan on a a wheel to spin it. Okay. Um, and then inside the shrine, Juragmutak Shrine, uh, is called a flying device. Yep, I have queued up the window for this one. I remember this one. This one was a delight. Um... It's not a long shrine, but um, I think there's an initial puzzle where you put like a a, a, a glider on a like a minecart track and you attach a fan and you go along that to get up to a much more interesting part of the shrine where there's, there's a big long um, runway of sorts and you've got to whack a fan onto the back of a glider go down the runway and suddenly there is a colossal chasm for you to cross um, with uh, with the ending of the shrine on the other side of the chasm and what you have to do is um, if you remember last week where we spoke about the um, mini game on Eventide Island where you use the glider mm. and you've got to like use Link's body weight to essentially steer the glider um, yeah this is like a, a, a version of that in a sense, albeit one where you do have propulsion, otherwise you would never have made it to the other end of the canyon. Um, and yeah, I just remember finding it very fun. And uh, I think I did this before Eventide, so I, I had no idea about the, how to properly maneuver Link, and there definitely were a few a few attempts where I just plummeted straight down by standing on the nose of the glider and I had to try again. But yeah. A good one. Very much a good one. Yep. Um, and again, I think you've always made it clear that you're a fan of the teaching you to build devices shrines, right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
mean, I think by this point, most players will have um, if tried out a glider. Depending on when you come to it, though, right? That's that's true. That is true. You could come uh, to the Zora nice and early, and then it would be. This would be a an early one. I guess that's the nature of the game, right? Because it's open. This could be one of your first shrines. Um, I suppose going by a podcast track, you'll have definitely tried a, a glider and a fab at this point. Um, yes. And I, I think I had at least tried a glider and a fan and a steering stick, but not you just using Link's body weight, which made this still a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah, once, once you get the steering stick... Because the, um, the blueprint that it gives you for, a, a, like, a flying machine doesn't have a steering stick. But mm. once you have those, why would you ever build one without it? Yeah, maybe the one of the ones you get from the... Construct stewards that are like dotted. Yeah, yeah, that's the, what I mean. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Uh, the one the game gives you. Yeah, well, I think there's also a version you can get from beating up the Yiga clan. I feel like that's and, the one I got, but maybe I'm. And that one, confused. I because the Yiga clan ones, well, they 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 steer them right. Like they've got sticks yeah. attached to them, so I would have expected the Yiga clan blueprints to come with come with a. Uh, a steering stick. Perhaps I am in Errol. Who knows? I am Errol. As the brother of Bug once said. Um, there, there's, so there's some big objects up in the sky here. But they are for later on, essentially. Mm, yes. Yes, yes. Um, because I, I... the they we're back to the main quest being in the sky in this region. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is there's a little circular arena where I'm guessing we fight another flux construct. I could be wrong. Uh, no, the circular um, arena is not an arena at all if you're looking at the map. Um, oh, okay. It's uh, called Wellspring Island, which... Um, I don't think we can even talk about this yet now that I'm reading about it. Oh. Oh, is it is it again part of the main quest? It's not part of the main quest, but you need um Oh wait, no, yes, it is part of the main quest. Okay. <laughs> so there's a circular arena. Yeah. That's all we can really talk about, so cut all that shit. <laughs> so yeah, there's actually not much other than unlocking the map at ground level, there's not actually a lot of sky above this tower. No, there isn't. Um There's one there's of the that... little um star shaped islands to get some information. Yes, we'll cover that once we've dealt with the Zora region, I think. Yes, we definitely will. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you're absolutely spot on. Other than that arena where you fight the Zora construct, there's not much more to go on. You might somehow make it to one of the other, other islands here, but they're all um, main quest focused and actually gated um, due to an item that you won't have yet as well. Again, more on that very soon. Yeah. So all we can really do is drop back down to ground level and start heading into the canyon yes uh, next to where we did Maui Week's shrine <laughs> we can head over Inogo Bridge and then we just follow the river up the Zora River in fact into the domain so yes and uh, rather than the you know very tranquil and picturesque sounds of Zora's domain, it's all it's all a bit sludgy and a bit grim. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the music, I can't remember if the music changes. I'm sure. I think it it none of them change as dramatically as the um. The Rito Village one did. Yeah. But then I guess that music was always... The original version was so memorable that the 
the changed versions are also very memorable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it does it does change. So I, I usually, once I'm doing the edit, I find that there's like four different versions of each track, and I barely oh. even noticed in gameplay. So perhaps the listeners will be hearing it now. Perhaps they will. But I think uh, on that note, now that we have covered the uh, Lanero region, a little whistle stop tour. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> I was about, I was in my head. I was about to say it, and I thought, slow down. <laughs> Enunciate. <laughs> but yes, um, we are all wrap up there and of course next time we'll be resuming the main quest proper as we find out just what the hell is going on with all this darn sludge hmm. so I have to make sure and join us for that one until then in Luke in the meantime if you enjoy this podcast you can find it on twitter at hyralefieldpod also on facebook, youtube, spotify apple podcasts make sure you're rating, reviewing, liking and subscribing if you've got friends who are making their way through Tears of the Kingdom, why not tell them about the game? Tell them about the pod. And uh, if you want to help support the podcast and keep it on the internet, you can head to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. And there, not only can you throw us a dollar a month to help keep things online, even if you don't want to do that, you can find links to the other podcasts that me and Jay and Jass and all of our pals create. And in the meantime, Jay, yeah. why don't you um, give our listeners some sage words of advice? Well, dear listeners, um, here's the here's the lowdown. If you want to befriend a Yoshi, make sure you have a nice fruit stall nearby for you because he changes his mind all the times. Sometimes it could be pineapples, sometimes a durian. So yes, make sure you live near a fruit stall. It's this week's secret of advice. I mean, that's, that is good life advice. You know, you should find a local greengrocer and a, um, eat fresh fruit that's in season. Support local I'm, farms, stay healthy. I'm starting to realise how... <laughs> how some people can con people into, you know believing they are soothsayers and the such because I just made up some total horseshit and you spun it into yeah, yeah, you should live near that to get your, you know, your dose of vitamin C every day. So at work, I have we have like a a meeting in the morning most days of the week um, where like it's just a random employee's job to lead the meeting each week Mm -hmm. um but whenever one of the foreign teachers is at the other school that day, it gets dumped on me. So I do a lot of these meetings. Right. So I have to lead the Radio Tyso like little exercise thing, and then maybe do a wee speech. And recently, I've gotten fed up of coming up with my own ideas for speeches. So I just do like a little improv thing, and I ask someone to give me a topic. And right. then sometimes I always find a way to make somehow. I always find a way to make a bullshit little parable about work. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got a pretty good at just taking some nonsense I'm talking about and making it sound smart and relevant. (laughs) Brilliant. The David Brent effect. Yeah. Bye! Catch you next time! (laughs) Do you want to ask me the other question? So it sounds... A bit more interesting. I'm not suggesting your answer would have been uninteresting. <laughs> it sounds better when the voices change back and forth. You better keep us in. And look, what are we going to do this week?